What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. That game was really, really bad. Um, The Wizards just got destroyed by the heat. Like That game wasn't close after like five minutes into the first quarter. It was like a 10-point game. Um, yeah, so the Wizards just lost to the Heat by the final score of 122 to 95. Um, then again, like it wasn't close after the first quarter, the Heat put up 40 points and it was 40 to 27. After the second quarter, or in the second quarter, the Heat scored 31 points, so 71 total first half points. It was, and at that point, it was a what 13 plus 15, 28 point game at halftime. Like the second half wasn't even close. Bradley Beal barely played in the second half. Um, yeah, this is going to be a shorter episode because um, that was just awful. Oh, okay, here's something interesting. The ESPN win probability. Um, so five minutes into the game, I'm just trying to run in through here. The win probability for the Heat was 80%. Um, by the time it was mid-second quarter, the win probability was 97%, which is incredibly high for that early in the game. Um, so, yeah, this loss pushes the Wizards down to 5-14. and 14. Um I don't even know what to talk about throughout this episode. Um, so I guess just going into the game, the Heat were um, 7-14, minus 5.6 point differential, which is 27th in the league, 26th in offense, big number there, 26th in offense and 18th in defense. Um, yeah, so just going through some of the top line numbers, like honestly, like I, you can't even put much stock in any of these numbers from this game just because literally half the game was garbage time. Probably more than that, honestly. Um, it just, it like... If you didn't watch the game, it wasn't close ever. Like the game was never in question after like you know pretty early into the game. Um, but in terms of 
offensive rating, the Heat were at 121. Um, effective field percentage of 58. And uh, Wizards' um, offense rating was only at 95. Effective field percentage, 42.5. And, yeah, it was just it was ugly the whole way through. Um, just going through the shot chart for the Wizards, a whole lot of red. Um, 16 for 31 around the rim, which is, like, it's good to get there 31 times, but to only make about 50% of your attempts at the rim is very good. 5 for 19 from above the break threes, 2 for 7 from the left corner, 1 for 6 from the right corner, 4 for 12 from mid-range, 5 for 13 from floater range, not very good. Literally every single zone is red except for floater range, but they only made 38.5% of their shots on 13 looks, Um, so just not very good overall. The Heat, like honestly, their shot chart isn't like unbelievable for how good they look tonight. Um, 18 for 26 from the restricted area, 4 for 13 from floater range, 5 for 11 from... Uh, mid-range and 12 for 26 from above the break three and just man they looked just so much better than the wizards just in terms of like talent and players that like look like nba players that can dribble the ball um i guess i'll talk about that in a second but just like to go through some of the top line stats that was by far beal's worst game um i mean it's gonna happen it was bound to happen eventually he was only one for 14 on the night one for seven from three only scored seven points minus 25 on the night um but again, Bradley Beal has been absolutely insane all season. He's scored like 30 points every single game. And, you know, that just sometimes you're off. And Bradley Beal's off night means the Wizards lose by 30 points. I guess we know now because uh, that was like his first game that he was really, really off. Uh, the last game, like the, I know the Hawks handled him pretty well, but he still scored like 27, 28 points that game. Um, Westbrook looked terrible tonight. He had 13 points, only four for nine from the field, five for seven at the line. Um, it was probably like one of the worst Westbrook defensive games I've seen. Actually, I, no, okay, I'll talk about Heat guys, and I'll talk about the one positive that we take away from this game. Um, Bam was just absolutely dominant. With he was great on the defensive end, twenty-one points plus twenty-nine on the night. Um, Butler was solid. He only had fourteen points, but again, he had nine assists, eight rebounds. Um, Butler's I don't think Butler's pretty like honestly overrated just as a scorer, but just as like a team defender and like playmaker passer, I think he's underrated. Um, and his impact really showed tonight. Only played 26 minutes. It was plus 34. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, Kelly Olenek made five threes, had 17 points. Um, Kendrick Nunn off the bench. He didn't even play last game. He had, he had a DNP coach's decision last game, and he had 25 points off the bench, 11 for 17 from the field. Tyler Hero was, you know, whatever, uh, 6 to 15, 17 points. And that's a, those are the notable performances. Um yeah, so I guess the one positive that I do want to talk about is Alex Len. Um, Alex Len had 18 points. He was plus two. Uh, so, yeah, the Wizards lost by, oh, good, 27, and he was plus two. Pretty good. Especially when he, he played, okay, this is kind of crazy, actually. He played half the game, and he was plus two. So in the 24 minutes that Alex Len wasn't on the floor, the Wizards were minus 29. And in the 24 minutes he wasn't on the floor, they were plus two. Obviously, he was, most of those minutes were garbage time, so you can't, like, take very much you know out of that stat but you know pretty good for him he shot three threes he missed them all like he can't shoot like when the ball leaves his hands I don't think anyone probably except for Alex Len's mom <laughs> thinks that that shot's going in um the only three rebounds he kind of got you know bullied a little on the offensive glass but that's okay it was against Bam who's a pretty solid rebounder um five block shots like he actually um especially when he's in the zone he does make a pretty good difference in terms of protecting the rim, like he altered a lot of shots outside of those five blocks. Um, then he gave much needed rim protection after how bad Mo was uh, in that zone. 
So yeah, really good night for Alex Len. He's like the only person I could say that about. Everyone else is just terrible. Um, I guess I definitely want to talk about. Um, well, I guess first I'll talk about Denny Avdia. I'll just go through like some of the starters first. Denny Avdia was bad defensively. Um, he just doesn't really know where to be yet. Like he, for a rookie, like he has a high defensive IQ, but just for like an NBA rotation player, he's he's just not there yet. He makes too many mistakes. He helps from like one pass away off Duncan Robinson. Like he's gonna eventually learn like personnel and stuff like that. Like he's in his first year. I don't know how much um, pro bat like NBA basketball he's watching in Israeli or not Israel in Israel. Um, so he's he's gonna learn eventually, but he definitely needs a lot of work. Um, and again, like sometimes when he drives to the basket, it's just like no hope. Um, he doesn't have that like burst that you really need out of, uh, like really, really wing. I think he's more of a four. I think that'll, that's what he's going to profile out to be eventually, but there was kind of just pigeonhole him at the three and I don't think he belongs there. Uh, he went played 16 minutes tonight. Not a very good night for him. Rui was looked awful. He had 12 points on 13 shots. Um, t- so 14 shooting possessions overall. He was bad defensively. Um, they were going at him. Uh, on offense, he just can't shoot. Like he was two for six from three. He was open a, t- a lot, and they just he. It's hard to play him and Denny and Lopez and Westbrook next to Beal. Like I feel pretty bad for Beal. Um, I guess I'll talk about more general scheme things right now. So the Heat just sent. So every single time Beal came off a handoff, like or pistol action or screen or just anything, where there was some sort of screen set for Beal. Um, he was getting blitzed. He was getting doubled. There's at least someone at the level of the screen to contain him. And the strategy was just get the ball out of Beal's hands and make someone else shoot the ball. And no one else on the Wizards could shoot the ball. They were 8 for 33, 24% on the night. Um, like, literally, like, the Wizards barely have any shooters on this team. And that that was a huge roster fall that I talked about before the season started. And that's kind of come to fruition, especially in this game when the Heat, like, usually in the regular season, it's hard to implement, like, real serious defensive strategies against Beal. Um, I think that the Heat were able to do it kind of more in this game because um, they played the Wizards on Wednesday, they had a day off, and then they played them again. So this is kind of like back-to-back series type of thing, kind of benefited them from the standpoint of being able to scheme specifically for the Wizards, and they did a really good job of that, just to scheme Beal out of the game and just force someone else to beat you, and no one else on the Wizards is capable of beating you besides Bradley Beal, and that's like, at the end of the day, that's just like a fact, especially if Westbrook is playing as poorly as he did today. The, The team just has no chance. Um, especially like the Heat came up with a really good scheme. A lot of times, what they also did was when um, Beal would come off like a screen or handoff or, you know, whatever action, um, when they would blitz him, they would also have another guy from one pass away pulling over to help. So even if Beal like <laughs> tried to get around two guys, there'd be another guy helping from one pass away. And like one of the number one rules of help in the NBA is just don't pass from, don't help from one pass away. Um, but if you're helping off, Rui Hachimura one pass away like go ahead and do it to neutralize Bradley Beal if you're helping for Russell Westbrook one pass away go ahead and do it um I, I, actually I want to talk about Ish Smith right now Ish Smith is such a liability out there on offense he should never ever ever be on the floor at the same time as Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal that, that is so painful to watch um it doesn't make sense like the theory of it the theory of Ish Smith being the backup point guard when Beal and Westbrook are off the floor like I understand that but the theory of Ish Smith being on the floor with Westbrook or Beal on the floor makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, I want to pull up the lineup data from those lineups real quick right now, just 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 to look at it. Um, it might tell me that I'm wrong, but just like the eye test is just like, especially the Heat tonight. So they 
every single time um, there'd be like a big rolling to the basket and he catch the ball and get doubled. I'd kind of think to myself like, oh, how did he get doubled? And then I'd look over to the weak side corner and or even the strong side corner and it'd just be Ishmith standing there like it was just it was painful. Um, Ishmith provides nothing offensively if the ball's not in his hands. Like I understand again, I understand the theory of him if you want to have him as a ball dominant creator um, because like quite frankly, um, as I keep messing up, I'm trying to talk as I do this on uh, cleaning the glass, but like Ishmith is an all ball creator. Like he can create. That's what he's in the league for. Like he can't do anything else besides create. And at the end of the day, um, if he can't do that, then just don't have him out there. Or like, if he's not going to have the ball in his hands, don't put him on the floor. It makes no sense. Um, Let's see. Okay, so there's not there's not enough um, possession data for Ishmith Bradley Beal Russell Westbrook lineups. That's okay. Um, but again, eye test is just like pretty glaringly bad. Okay, here we go. So for Westbrook and Ishmith lineups, they are in the 30th percentile on offense at 108 um, offensive rating, which isn't very good. Um, I expected to be lower, but still, um, the theory of Ish makes no sense with those guys, and Ish is so bad defensively, like just because of his size, and then he can't get around a screen to save his life. He gets absolutely blown up every time someone sets a screen against him, and it's hard to watch, honestly. Like, he can't play defense. I'm like, okay, I'll be honest. Troy Brown should be ahead of Smith in the lineup. Um, Troy Brown is actually, like, really good at getting over screens. He can rebound. He can pass. Uh, he has some ball handling ability, and he's at least, like, a capable shooter. If he catches the ball and he's open, like, he can make a shot on, like, like, you can't just completely help off him and leave him completely open the way they can do, other teams can do with Ishmith. I think Troy Brown should 100% be the backup point guard on this team. He should 100% be in the lineup. I don't understand the theory of not having it. And again, the Wizards so desperately need wings that can defend, and they have two of them that Scott Brooks doesn't play. That doesn't make any sense. Like, the theory of that makes zero sense. The Like, to me, the bench unit should be Bertans, Troy Brown, Isak Banga, Garrison Matthews, and then Alex Len slash Mo Wagner, whoever's deciding to have a good night. Because those guys are really, really inconsistent. Mo Wagner was terrible in his four minutes tonight. Um, Alex Len was really good in his 24 minutes tonight, but Alex Len has had his nights where he looked really bad. Um, so pick one of those two guys and then throw in Bonga, Troy Brown, Bertans, and Garrison Matthews. That's your lineup. Or I guess if Howl Neto is healthy, then throw in Neto for someone, right? But there's no way Ish Smith, Ish Smith is not one of the 12 best players on this team. He is not one of the 12 best players on this. He should not be in the lineup. He's painful to watch. Like, I, I'm just going to say straight. Like, I'm not an Ishmith fan in any sort of way. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm just going through some of his stats. Um, his assist rate is pretty good. Um, points per shot. He's in the fifth percentile now. He moved down. His usage rate is really low. And then again, just defensively, he gives you nothing. Um I just don't get it with him. His on-off stats are bad. Um, it's just a, th- and it's just like the theory behind it. The theory behind him didn't like the, as a primary ball handler that makes sense. But don't put him on the floor with Westbrook and Beal. It's as simple as that. Um, I want to talk about Bertans. Um, he only played sixty minutes. He made two threes. Like okay, that's good. Uh, he still gets attacked defensively. He's really bad at defense. Um, and then I don't know who told Bertans it's a good idea for him to dribble the ball and attack closeouts. Like, he looks really, really bad when he attacks closeouts. It's really ugly. Like, every time you're like, oh, that's going to be a turnover. Like, 
the possession's just going to die or, you know, it, that's just what happens. Um, I guess Garrison Matthews only played five minutes. I have no idea why that is. Uh, he has rest one of your better players. I don't, honestly, I don't know. Um, Jerome Robinson looked not very good at all, but he was playing garbage time. So whatever he's out of the rotation anyways. So I'm not going <laughs> to trash on Jerome Robinson too much, but I guess from just from a general like team building perspective, Coming into the season, I think it was pretty obvious that this roster just made no sense. Um, if you just go up and down the roster, the only there's only like two above average shooters, and well, I guess three if you include Garrison Matthews. So Garrison Matthews, Bertans, and Bradley Beal are the only above average shooters on this team, which doesn't make any sense. And then you have a drop coverage big in Brook Lopez and a drop coverage big in, big in Alex Len, and then you don't have guards that can go over the screens or guys that do get over the screens. You don't play them like. Um, Isak Bonga and Troy Brown Jr. I think Scott Brooks, like, he didn't, he, Scott Brooks, like, Scott Brooks did not get dealt a good hand at all. Um, I'm not going to say that, like, this is some great team and Scott Brooks is throwing it away, but Scott Brooks is not doing a good job of putting these guys in good situations to help them win basketball games. He's just not. And also, like, Denny Avdi and Ruhi Hachimura should not be starting. Like, if if your goal was, like, if someone said, Scott Brooks, you have to win as many basketball games as you can, I don't think those guys would be starting. Those are not two of the five best players on this team. Um, and honestly, they're getting entitlement minutes because they're the ninth pick in the draft, both of them. Like, let, come on. Like, at a certain point, if you want to keep Beal, you have to stop giving guys such entitlement minutes and actually try to go out here and win basketball games. It's just frustrating to watch because, like, anyone that watches these games knows that these guys aren't, like, some great players that should be playing 30 minutes a night, especially, like, Rui gets a ton of minutes. He's not good enough to be getting so many minutes. He's just not like he's not ready. He's he's in his second year. Like I'm not saying like he's going to be garbage his whole career. I'm just saying that right now, like second year players, not all of them are good. Sometimes players take time, especially someone like Rui who came to the game late. His IQ is still developing. His feel is still developing. His shot is still developing. He's not ready. Like he's not. He's not ready to be a starting level player. On a if you want to make the playoffs, Rui Hachimura better not be starting on your team because otherwise you're not making it. Like just straight up, um, he could get there eventually. He's not there yet. Um, Denny Avdia is not a starting level player on a playoff team. Like he's, they're just not, you're going to have to figure something out because these guys are not going to help you make the playoffs. They're not good enough yet. Um, so if you want to keep Beal, then, you know, start, start someone that's going to help you win basketball games. It's frustrating at this point. Cause if you don't want to win basketball games and trade Beal, like on, like, um, so I just want to talk about, actually, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, so if you don't make the playoffs, the kind of my theory is like, why would you keep Beal? Um, you can get a huge ton of assets. Like on the podcast I talked about, I think my favorite um, package was the James Wiseman plus the um, Timberwolves pick. I think that you could definitely get that for Bradley Beal. Um, other packages are like, you know, treasure chest of picks from the Sixers and like a couple assets. Um, you can get like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson type of guys, plus a bunch of picks. Like, go for it. You know, like, why are you keeping Beal just to be, like, one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference? Um, just looking at the um, Raptor, fi- or 538 has uh, Raptor and ELO for in terms of forecast. Um, so the Raptor puts Wizards at a 3% chance of making the playoffs. And ELO puts Wizard the Wizards at a 6% chance of making the playoffs. So are you going to keep Beal for a 3 to 6% chance of making the playoffs? And then give up potentially like getting a huge thing of assets to start a rebuild with it. It makes no sense to me. Um, they got to figure something out. 
uh, someone has to talk to Scott Brooks. Like, this team needs to, or I guess the organization as a whole just has to get their priorities straight. Um, or just, like, understand where they are as a team. Like, one of the hardest things to do as an organization is just to be honest with yourself of where you are right now. And this Wizards team is by no stretch of the imagination a playoff team. Um, and tonight really showed it. Like, the Heat have been really struggling, and they just came out here and absolutely blew out the Wizards. They ran them up and down the court all night long. And I think that if the Wizards lose to the Hornets, like, I don't know what to say. Like, at that point, it's going to be bad. Something would really, like, drastically need to happen for the Wizards to make a playoff push. It's going to need to be Westbrook returning to, like, the form he was, like, three years ago. Um, it's going to need to be, like, Rui developing super quick. It's going to need to be uh, Scott Brooks, like, just being super creative all of a sudden or something, which he's never, ever done. Um, actually, I'll tell you a couple things I liked. I like the zone that he keeps going to. Um, it's a good look. It's a good way to mix it up, especially with some of these guys with, like, pretty low defensive IQs, like, quite frankly. Um, just to, again, simplify their lives, make reads easier, uh, make it so they, they don't have to switch all the time. The Wizards do a ton of switching, and it's all, it never looks good. Um, you know, don't, don't force Robin Lopez to come to the level of the screen. Um, that's kind of a good way to contain guys like Duncan Robinson, uh, and like those handoffs that he does. So I think that was a good move from him. Um, I guess I, I don't know what else to say. I, the Wizards love running a bunch of plays that I like, but I don't want to get too much into that in this podcast. Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess I'll just leave this off by just proposing, like, when do you trade Bradley Beal? Um, do you keep waiting, or do you try to stir up a market right now and try to start a building war? If I personally was Tommy Shepard, I would start thinking about trading Bradley Beal. Um, but that's not the direction the Wizards want to go in. And also, if that's not the direction Bradley Beal wants to go in, then fine. If Bradley Beal tells you that he wants to be here for five more years after the, uh, his contract is up, then I wouldn't trade Bradley Beal. Um, but all indications are that... He wants to stay for the rest of his contract at least. I don't think that's enough to keep him right now. I think the organization should be pushing to trade him um, and be pushing for greatness instead of media like mediocrity. This team just isn't good enough. The foundation is not good enough. The foundation, well, okay, that's not understanding. The foundation is not even close. I don't understand how this team could possibly be a playoff team. There's no possible way they could get there with this foundation. Beal Westbrook. And Rui and Tenny Avdia, that's not the foundation of a playoff team. This, they're not close right now. They're so far away, and I don't know if they're going to get there. Tommy Shepard either has to make some drastic win-now moves, which I would never, ever recommend from a team like this, or just trade Beal and start a rebuild. Like, There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's kind of like the type of self-evaluation you have to do like every day in life, and the Wizards, they really have to have a serious conversation right about now. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, the next game, the Wizards play on Super Bowl Sunday at one o'clock, um, Eastern time against the Hornets. So definitely check that out. Uh, I'll have a podcast coming out the day of, or the day after that. And yeah, that's all I got. Hopefully the Wizards look better in that game. Cause they, this game was ugly. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, 
Visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.